Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome back to part three of the Stompcast. We have looped Kennington, Kennington Park a few times. It's been a nice loop though, isn't it? Are you dizzy or not? No, okay. I'm actually... Do you know what? I'm a creature of routine. So you don't want to change, do you? No, you like it's the direction quite nice. of travel. It's just having We're, the same It's the flow again. state, isn't it? We are having a lovely, <laughs> yes. in a lovely flow state, which is, exactly which is absolutely fine. That. Well, gosh, we've gone through a lot um, so far. This third part, as um, you know, the weekly listeners of the Stompcast will know, is all about kind of life lessons. And I, I believe we can learn so much from people. I think we definitely learn a lot from you. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, you are a fountain of wisdom, I think, in many ways. What, I, what I'd like to kind of tap into is from all your kind of conversations and your own personal experience, just learning how to get, o- get over failure or get through failure or grow yeah. from failure because it's all very well going and we all fail, it's fine. But let's yeah. be honest, when that spade slaps you in the face when you stood on it, uh, <laughs> yes. it really hurts, doesn't it? And yeah. sometimes it can be really difficult to see a way through failure. So what are the things you've kind of learned? So someone that's kind of going, going through, through that right now, listening, or even as a friend that's going through a difficult yeah. patch, how, how do you get through? The first thing I'd say is that just because you fail does not make you a failure. I love that. So everyone fails. And actually, once you realise that, you realise two things. That it's inevitable, no matter how hard you try and avoid it. And it's quite liberating. Because if you know that everyone does it, that's actually a source of connection. So if you're going through a failure right now, in a way, congratulations. You're learning so much more about life and you're connecting with everyone else like us who has been through failure. The second thing that I would say is that some failures will cause you an enormous amount of pain and heartbreak. And that's okay. It's horrible to go through, but don't beat yourself up for feeling it. So don't think that what I'm saying is, well, you failed, dust yourself down, you've got to be fine the next day. That's not the case at all. There are some failures that will be with you for the rest of your life. And you are absolutely within your rights to have a grieving period and it doesn't matter how long that grieving or mourning period lasts but I promise you that going through that process will teach you something even if it's not attached to the original failure it will teach you something meaningful about life and that will equip you to live more life and to live life better in a more authentic way knowing that you've had the resilience to survive 100% 100% of your worst days. You know, there's, uh, there's something, when I hear you say that, and, I, and I, I know that one of the things that people kind of go, because we always beat ourselves up, they go, oh yeah, you say don't beat yourself up, but actually, you know, I messed up and, you know, I'm upset about it, but that person's going through a worse time. You know what I was going back, is the yeah. oxymoron of like, it's good to look at other people's situation because it gives you, sometimes it's helpful perspective, but often it's not very helpful because you go, well, oh, my failure isn't that, that big a yes. deal or whatever, and I feel awful, and you almost feel worse then because you yes. think your failure You're isn't so worthy. Right. I would say that there's no hierarchy of suffering. Like when you are- <laughs> That's so true, isn't it? <laughs> when, you're, when you're suffering- I'm not suffering enough for it <laughs> no. to be suffering, yeah. When you're suffering, your suffering is absolute. It's a fact. Yeah, and, so true. And yes, so other true. people suffer worse things, different things, less bad things, but it doesn't mean that what you're going through right now isn't valid. 
what you're going through right now is absolutely valid, valid and absolutely warrants your attention. And if your idea of self-care is to watch The Real Housewives of Potomac for like three hours <laughs> in the morning instead of getting up and going for a jog, I salute you for that. Yeah. Like you, do what you, need it's, to do. It's, you will need time to process whatever it is. Um, and then the final thing I say is that, actually it's two things. All failure, if appropriately treated, can be data acquisition. So you can acquire data as to what to do differently next time or how to respond differently next time. And the final thing I'd say is that there is no such thing as a future you. We so often project five, 10 years in the future and imagine where we'll be or where we won't be. And it causes us a great deal of psychic God, that's distress. That's so true, isn't it? And we often set ourselves improbable goals. It's the same as New Year's resolutions. You think, I'm going to run a marathon and you've never yeah, been for a job yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And when you get to that point, I hate at, the end, at the end of the year <laughs> or at the end of five years, you might realize that you haven't achieved those goals and then you've made yourself feel like a failure. You've actually set your yourself metric. up to yes. fail, basically. And actually, my point is, you'll be a different person in five years in many different ways, probably. Like you'll, there'll be slightly different things that you want in your life. So pay attention to who you are right now and just returning to what we're saying, strive to be the US version of you. One of the hardest things I think about failure is that, and I, and I think it's something we have to, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes bad things happen to us and we don't expect them or they weren't our fault, but also bad things happen to us sometimes and we are to blame. Mm -hmm. And that can be a really difficult pill to swallow sometimes where you have to maybe you've had a friendship or a relationship and you've done something wrong and that relationship came to an end because of something that you did do categorically that was wrong yes and then that's very hard because your brain is telling you you actually are a bad person mm. because you did that wrong how do you deal with that because you have like data your data collection is telling you you are a bad person yes well you're not a bad person i mean if there's a serial killer listening to this, you, are a bad you person. might be a bad person. Yes. <laughs> but, For the but if you've made a mistake in a past relationship and you regret it, you're not a bad person. You're mm. someone who has made a mistake and you wish you hadn't. So the thing that I would say is you're not a bad person, even if you feel you've done a bad thing. So you need to get to the root of why that thing happened, of why you made that mistake and try and work out what the root of it is so that you don't do the same thing again. And I guess it's almost like as well, if you're listening to this going, but I do feel really bad about this, is the point is that if you were a bad person, would you feel bad about it? Exactly. And actually, would you care there's, if you were actually bad? there's lots of interesting evolutionary reasons for bad, for negative feelings. Mm. So if you're feeling bad, it's, it might be because that needs your attention. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you need to pay attention to it so that you don't do the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah, you've kind only, of got to learn from that, haven't you? Yeah. I feel like the only wasted negative emotion in modern life is guilt. I feel like a lot of people feel guilt a lot of the time when there's no reason to feel guilty. And I'm not sure that's, again, a whole separate podcast. Yes, that is. I'm not yeah. quite G sure where that comes is, from. Uh, guilt is an, is an interesting one. It's kind of that feeling of like you, you, it's like an awareness that you maybe didn't act authentically in that situation. Yes, yeah. you? And then you, you kind yeah. of feel that. But then again, it's that lesson, isn't it? Learn from it and kind of move on. I, I guess my, my, my next question around, my, again, like kind of learning from failures and things is how, how long is too long to spend on something? And I know we mm. talk about like time, but it, it is hard because, for example, I still end up kind of looking back, you know, years down the line at what happened with Lear and 
you kind of reflect on that. Do you kind of have to accept sometimes that some failures will never be completely solved? I don't know if I'm yeah. kind of answering my own thing. Maybe this is me, my human brain trying to process my own situation. Yeah. But can you actually solve all failures? No, I don't think you can. And I think that's okay. <laughs> and I think we should be more accepting of that fact and of ourselves. There are some failures, some losses that will be lifelong. Your beautiful brother, that's a lifelong loss and nothing will ever be the same again. It's almost like you're living two lives, the one before he died and the one after. And that's an incredibly difficult thing for anyone to go through. And, and that's also, you shouldn't battle against that, I don't feel. But, you should be accepting of yourself in those extreme situations. Well, so you, you said about um, that you grieve every day around, again, we, we, we kind of talked about that it's not a failure, but you feel it's a failure and motherhood. The fact that you yeah. grieve every day, I guess, also answers that there's some things you will, you have to kind of learn to live with rather Definitely. than being able to, you can't drop everything, can you? Or you kind of go, right, I dealt with that now. You know, if this rotten apple's going in the bin, I'm done yeah. with it. Some of these things you, you collect, don't you? And nor would I want to in a way, and I don't know if you feel this, but it feels like, by dropping that, I'm dropping, I'm dropping those. It's like, does that is, is that no longer important? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, and well, no, I'm it's not... never not important yes. to you. Yes. It's kind of like my brother. Like I say to people about grieving a lot. It's, it's like we sometimes, as society, try and package grief and say, well, after, and it drives me mad that it's in the ICD-10s, like the disease, the diagnosis that there's like this disease around prolonged grief. It's like, well when does it, does it become okay like you know i said yeah. to my mum, it's like christmas day and birthdays are triggering around clear but actually it's no better five days after christmas on christmas day or five days before yeah. that he's not here and neither of us think that those that it is any better or worse yeah. the triggering days but you don't ever get to a point where you're like oh do you know what that's no longer important no and i think not meaning to trivialize anything whatsoever because mm. it's not the same but when i was talking about friendships ending we can still be in relationship with that friendship. We can still have an active That's so true. dialogue in a way with that friendship and with what it meant to us. And in the same way, perhaps certain kinds of grief can be our way of still having a relationship with our loved ones or with our miscarriages. I mean, part of the issue around miscarriages that you're mourning a life that was never lived. And that's a tricky space to navigate I found it very helpful to mark that absence physically and to have just a tiny stone in my back garden that I always look at and that reminds me of that. And, but it means that I'm still in relation to that experience. Well, that's, that's yeah, thank you for sharing that because I'm sure, well, I'm certain that many people uh, will listen to that and feel, some, feel a sense of like, yeah, relating to it. We know that many people experience miscarriages and, and uh, that's not at all to diminish the, the the hurt of each one, but hopefully people will listen to that and go, do you know what, yeah, there is, you know, other people, it happens. And it's that yeah. kind of perspective thing, yeah. isn't it? I guess, uh, again, listen, you've been, you've been absolutely incredible. Um, before oh, I let I you go, uh, not that I've got you kind of attached to me, you can't <laughs> leave, you may leave, but um, <laughs> let's, let's do our health fact of the week. Um, let's have a little look, shall we? So I always react to these as I see them. So here we go, health fact of the week. When you're experiencing loneliness, your levels of cortisol, a stress hormone, go up, cortisol can impair cognitive performance, compromise the immune system and increase the risk of vascular problems, inflammation and heart disease. So I guess that goes back to what we were saying, wasn't it, around actually loneliness can kill you. Yes. They can make it really quite sick and a really jolly end thing. So don't be lonely, people. Don't be lonely. Get a pet. Yes. Definitely. Well, actually, you know, again, the opposite fact to that is that we know that having pets, whether that's dogs or cats or otherwise, 
can not only increase the longevity of your life, but the quality of your life and, and decrease disease burdens. What we mean by that is by decreasing the amount of illness you feel, basically, whether well, that's mental, mental so or physical. Great. So, you know, sometimes finding companions, and I know for me, my best friend's probably Rolo. Oh, you know, he's nice. my little dog, you know, because he's, he's always there and like I, I um. And he always thinks the best of you. He always, he always, he's always happy with me. Whatever happens, he, as long as I keep the pup pup supply strong, yeah. <laughs> as long as the pup pup supply continues, he's all, he's, he's always happy. So, I guess to wrap up, what would be? Let's uh, let's just have a wrap up tip. Yeah. You are a fountain of knowledge, as I say. I cannot let you oh, go until the fact the sponge sweet. is completely dry. <laughs> we've, we've ringed that run, sponge dry. What would you say to people if you are listening to this? We know, and by the way, as well, it's another fact. The, the loneliest generation is in fact the 16 to 25 year olds. We know that actually it's not the elderly people that are loneliest. Yeah. Not to say that people aren't lonely and elderly, but young people really do feel it. So if you are listening to this and you're feeling lonely, what are the things that someone can go and do today in terms of making friends and otherwise? Yeah, well, I think it goes back to that small interaction. So I would set yourself a goal of having one small interaction where you connect on some level with someone you haven't met yet. Whether that be someone you walk past in the street and you give them a smile, or someone that you buy your tea and coffee from and you say that. hello to them. Start small, but those small moments of connection can be so life-giving, not just for you, but for the other person. And that's what I would say. And I would also say it does get better. The more that you strive to know yourself, the better it becomes and the more people you meet who genuinely respond to your authentic self. Well, I think that's a wonderful bit of advice, Amazon. Thank you. Elizabeth Day, finally on the Stumpcast. Oh, and I say that because so you are much. under congratulations on the ninth book. Give the rest of us a bit of time to write a few. Yeah? <laughs> Thank you so much for finishing part three of the Stumpcast. Well done. You're looking after your health, your mental health, and hopefully you're learning a few things along the way. Take care and goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.